This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. What have you been doing in the in the last 15 minutes? Not interested in anything that you're doing, no offence, before those 15 minutes. Let's just have a little snapshot of everyone's day within 15 minutes. We're calling it 15 Minutes. Adeli says, I've been going through the beer list for the Love for a Beer Festival to see what I fancy drinking later. Someone's got a great week going on. Mark from Derby says, I'm sitting in a college car park waiting to pick up my daughter and God, there's a lot of weird things people here doing here. It's like a bar in Star Wars. I believe he's referring to the cantina bar in the Moss Eisley spaceport. Uh, Bush, we're in an office in London all listening along to the show. You've got impeccable taste. Uh, they're playing a game of who can scream the artist the quickest each song that's played. Some absolute bangers today. Keep it up. Thank you for listening. We appreciate that game. And Heider Kelly in Truro, currently uh, frosting chocolate and black cherry filled muffins. The variety of people's Thursdays is unbelievable. Someone's uh, fitting a smart water meter. Uh, this text from James says, Hi, mate, I'm sat on a North Circular. That's exactly how the last 15 uh, are going to be spent, and the next 15, and the next 15 after that, says James. Worst uh, bit of road in the world, isn't it, the North Circular? Two lanes, one lane, two lanes, one lane, two lanes, one lane, just to wind you up. Dean in Bridlington says, Bush, I'm tiling a curved ceiling with mosaic tiles. It's an absolute nightmare, and I've got a stiff neck. Uh, this person doesn't leave their name. They say, Bush, I've just tried a cruffin for the first time. Oh, God. It's going to go the way... You know the way dogs have got ridiculous, like the Carver Wava Poupon and all this kind of stuff, 15 different breeds going on? Apparently, a, it's a croissant crossed with a muffin. I'm not having that. Paddy says, I'm currently in my unit spraying glass. I've just done a black panel with sparkle, which is a shelf for candles and reed diffusers. Fair play. Uh, we've got Paul on the line. Paul, mate, what have you been doing specifically in the last 15 minutes? I've been cooking fish finger wraps for the kids. Proper dad food. Cooking. That's a, that's an interestingly loose term there. Would you, would you mean heating up, Paul? Uh, grilling. Grilling. grilling would be an accurate description. Brilliant. So fish finger wrap. Talk us through that particular little creation. Well, it's, it's just fish fingers wrapped in uh, a tortilla with uh, sweet corn and... Uh, Salad cream. Is that the microwave pinging in the background there, nudging it? It certainly is. It certainly is. <laughs> and what are the names of your children that are going to be enjoying this Jamie Oliver-esque feast this evening, my friend? <laughs> Seth and Saffron. Fantastic. Well, I hope they have a fantastic meal. Good on you. Some good dad cooking there. Thanks very much, Bush. Matt says, I just got back from work in Harpenden, and in the last 15, I've been painting my daughter's bedroom and will be until about 15 minutes past midnight. The carpet is fitted tomorrow. He's against the clock. Uh, Phil says, Bush, I'm fitting twin turbos in my 1955 F100 drift truck, ready for this year's events. I don't know what any of those words mean, Phil, but it sounds exciting and I'm all for it. Uh, this text says, uh, the past 15 minutes, Bush, I've con- consisted of me cursing myself as I realised I brought something home from work with me by mistake, meaning I have to take it back tomorrow on my day off. That is a nightmare. Uh, listen, hope for a more positive thing, because line three is flashing here on the phones. Who's this on the line? I'm Myla. Myla, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. You all right? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. Not bad at all. What, you, what have you been doing in the past 15 minutes then, Myla? Uh, I'm driving to an audition to be on TV. Check you out. Someone's going to be on the telly. How old are you, Myla? I'm 12. You're 12. So you're being driven. Is that right? Someone's driving you? Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us about this bit of amazing news then. What um, what TV thing is it? It's like a new laser tag place. Gotcha. So tell us about the laser tag place and what's what's it got to do with you? Um, so I go to this like, acting class and they, they offered to like have some kids to do it. So they emailed my mum. Brilliant. And you're going to be in like the advert for the new laser tag place? Yeah. 
Amazing. And what's your role in it? Are you going to be, like, walking around shooting lasers and stuff? Yeah, well, to just play laser tag and I've got to, like, film us and all that. That's pretty good. Are you doing any talking or are you just doing acting, rolling and shooting? I'm not too sure. Well, let's see what happens today. Yeah. Okay, listen, Myla, if the, you know this laser tag thing leads to Hollywood for you, don't forget about your friends and family, okay? Don't don't let it change you, all right? Yeah. Keep it real and keep us posted on the laser tag. I will. <laughs> and do you think if Richie and I came up to Scotland, now that we now know you and we're good friends, you'd be able to get us in for some free laser tag? Yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. Myla, lovely to speak to you. <laughs> yeah, you too. Thank you. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. <laughs> You know how this works? We pull resources and try and come up with a great movie together. Because it's quite stressful choosing the film sometimes, particularly that bit if, like, you're trying to read what it's, what, what it's about on Netflix and it starts playing the clip at you so you can't concentrate. Anyone else hate that? I, I get so stressed. I just have to shift on to another thing because I can't bear everything going on at once. But that's just me. So obviously you're going to be chatting to Professor David Wilson on the show after six all about crime, etc. He's a criminologist after all. So let's just kind of whip everyone up into a bit of a frenzy with that in mind and have a movie tonight that features a world-class baddie. Can you think of a movie that's got an unbelievable, iconic baddie? There's been some great ones over the years. There's been some great baddies in the history of TV as well. Anything goes tonight. Just to throw a couple in the ring for myself, one's a bit of a curveball. I'm only because I'm listening to uh, the audiobook of June at the moment. It's like 30 hours long. And it's brilliant. But I, I still love, even though the film wasn't very good, I still love, like, the David Lynch casting in, in June. Like, because he did a, the... David Lynch did the movie before, the most recent one. But he had Sting in it as, like, one of the baddies in it. Like, Harkonnen baddie. I also, it was a good, like, nasty bit of work. Also, I love it when people who are normally quite friendly and do funny stuff suddenly flip and do, like, a baddie movie. Like, do you remember Robin Williams in One Hour Photo? Really unsettling guy that worked in like a 24-hour kind of photo processing place in a supermarket. Really creepy. Get in touch now. Amanda says, copycat, Harry Connick Jr. As in Harry Connick Jr. as it had to be you Harry uh, when Harry met Sally fame. I didn't even know he was a baddie, but it does uh, kind of fit into my rule from earlier on. I like it when people who are seemingly nice turn, do you know what I mean? And suddenly do baddie movies. Uh, the Good, The Bad and The Ugly Bush. Angel Eyes, played by Lee Van Cleef. Good suggestion. There's also a lot of votes coming in for like one of two different performances of the Joker. Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in that movie is hugely unsettling. Heath Ledger's uh, Joker in Batman as well. Who would you pick out of those two? Steve from Wigan says, Bush, what about No Country for Old Men? Javier Bardem with that terrible barnet uh, walking around with that weird thing. Having to chase people. It's not much of a range on it. It's like a little cow- cattle stunner thing. Very, very weird. Uh, Bush, Ralph Fiennes in Red Dragon. It's brutal when he bites old matey's tongue out. That sounds a bit horrible, doesn't it? Never even heard of that. Uh, Gary says uh, Woody Harrelson from Cheers Cheers to Natural Born Killers. And then Venom. That's very, very good. I like that thing where someone goes from nice to bad. Uh, Jay says, the the best worst baddie, in my humble opinion, has to be Paddy Constantine's character in the film Dead Man's Shoes, one of my favourite films of all time. Anyone knows this movie knows that although he's not the actual baddie, as it were, uh, the retribution took him to dark, dark places. If you've never watched that film, it's brilliant. Uh, Also, the soundtrack to Dead Man's Shoes is probably the greatest movie soundtrack of all time. I'm putting it out there. Anyway, let's go to the phones for suggestions on this. Who's this on the line? Keith Miller! Hey, hey, how you doing, Keith? You're excitable. Very excitable. I've never been on the radio before. This is fantastic. How does it feel, Keith? Feel great. 
How are you? Good man. You've had a good day. Sounds like you're you're alive. Why? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been working all day, crafting, working from home. Um, but yeah, I'm just off. Get some fuel, some bits and pieces in for the evening ahead. Bits and pieces in for the evening ahead. Keith, what kind of what does that entail? Uh, probably not for the radio broadcast. <laughs> I don't even want to know. Oh my god, I've got a, a collection on a conveyor belt of some awful items going through my mind. But let's just let's just get out of the way. Uh, Keith, what what are you going to put forward for the ultimate baddie, my friend? Got got to be Hans Gruber, hasn't it? Alan Rickman, yes. Die Hard. Absolutely fantastic. He's a brilliant baddie. Does he have like a phrase, like a, a catchphrase in that at all that people would would do if you were doing an, an impression of him? I've got a clue, Bush. <laughs> I'm asking the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely told the wrong guy. You're wrong, the wrong guy, is he? Okay, well, listen, you have an interesting evening and just stay safe, okay? That's all I'm going to say. I will. Thank you very much, Jenny. You've made me see. Thank Bri- you very much, Bush. We, we, Enjoy the rest of your evening. Oh, mate, listen, would you end by doing your, your, uh, your name again in the style of a, a, a boxing uh, ring announcer? Oh, I could do it in the style of Chris Eubank if you want. Go on, then. Because, you see, I'm, I'm not a boxer. I'm a pugilist. My name is Keith Miller. Thank so you, is that, Keith. Is that all right for you, Bush? God bless you, Keith. I'd never change. Have a good evening. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Pippa, who says she's getting ready to go belly dancing, good intel, says the other caller who said uh, Ralph Fiennes in Red Dragon, the original is Manhunter by Michael Mann. The killer is Tom Noonan, a six-foot-seven albino that was terrifying in the film, the prequel to Silence of the Lambs, and Lecter has to be a damn good villain too. And also, yeah... The guy, what was the guy called? Put the lotion in the basket. Put lotion in the basket. That guy, what was his name? Oh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Buffalo Bill, that's it, from Silence of the Lambs. Uh, just digressing massively. Uh, Bush, the best baddie has got to be Robert De Niro in Cape Fear. Love that, menacingly sitting at the front of a cinema in a Hawaiian shirt, smoking a cigar and laughing at the wrong bits. That's the worst bit of it. Have we got Brian on the line? Brian, what are you suggesting? It was Rudger Hauer from The Hitcher. Hey, now, we were talking about Rudger Hauer on this show uh, a few weeks ago for for whatever reason. He's a brilliant actor. He's very iconic. Uh, I'd never seen The Hitcher. What does Rudger Hauer do in The Hitcher? Um, I don't know if you've seen the remake of it, but the the original one that I remember from the the mid-'80s and that... He's um he's he's just a, a psycho that's flagging down people in the baddie across across America and that, and just disposes them in, in various ways. Right. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd say the kind of game's gone out of the hitching thing. If you were if you were like a baddie that specifically did nasty things whilst hitchhiking, I feel like the game's gone a little bit now. You can't really. No one really hitchhikes that much, do they? Not really. No. <laughs> so yeah, I think that might have stopped them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Ruka's ruined it for all the other hitchhikers. Great suggestions going on the list. Thank you very much, Brian. Cheers. Uh, we've got Sophie on the line. Sophie, who are you saying? Um, it's uh, Kathy Bates from Misery. She's what? absolutely terrifying. One of my favourite films of all time. I'm always kind of referencing Misery, particularly if like I always think someone's a weirdo. I always suggest that you might accidentally knock one of their uh, porcelain penguins out of due north and they'll go crazy about it. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's her. That is exactly what she'll do. Now, my producer, Idem, has just said, uh, is there like a catchphrase or something that uh, Kathy Bates came out with in Misery that would be instantly recognisable to people? Do you have anything like that, Sophie? Oh, do you know what? I don't think so. I just remember her doing the hobbed leg where she smashes his leg to the side, her whole ankle. Oh, yeah, she hobbled him, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she did. She put the block between his feet and then smashed his leg, and then it just his ankles just went the opposite direction. If you're enjoying your tea this evening, hopefully that's enhanced it slightly. But I, I think also she goes, wait a cock-a-doodle minute, Mr. Man, you dirty bird. Oh, she does. She doesn't does. she? She doesn't swear, does she? They, she exactly, exactly. Oh. Very terrifying. And again, she's one of those... I always find people more creepy in terms of baddies if they, they look like 
like run-of-the-mill normal folk and then Absolutely. they're and then suddenly they do awful stuff do you know what i mean yeah like butter wouldn't melt and that's what i'm saying if, if you saw her down the street you would never know there's anything wrong exactly but she could be your neighbor absolutely you're on the radio so it might be your neighbor she might be obsessed with you sophie what i love about you is that you've put people <laughs> off their tea and scared them about the neighbors all in one two-minute phone call this evening <laughs> Some late suggestions here, Bush. We need to consider Michael Douglas playing William Defends in the 1993 hit Falling Down, says Kelvin. That's a great movie. Greg DePost, he says, my favourite movie of all time is Jewel. That's on one of my other favourite films of all time. He says it has to be the best baddie because you never see him. I think we're going to go with Hans Gruber, though, a.k.a. Alan Rickman in Die Hard because there's been so many votes for it. An iconic bad guy, an iconic performance as well from a late great actor, and an iconic death as well. I don't want to be a spoiler alert for a film that's 20-odd years old, but uh, an amazing, amazing suggestion. So thank you for your brilliant suggestions for that. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Well, it's, it's an honour to welcome to the show uh, one of the UK's leading criminologists is the brilliant Professor David Wilson. Welcome. Well, that's so kind. What a nice introduction you've given to me. Well, I've enjoyed watching you on TV loads of times through a lot of stuff that I'm really interested in. You're about to embark on this amazing um, tour. And it's a, it's a tour in terms of theatres and so on, unlike anything I've ever heard of before. My Life with Murderers. So you're going up and down the United Kingdom and, and talking about your vast experience in this field. How do you feel on the on the kind of eve of this thing getting going? Well, completely apprehensive. I think it's some <laughs> one of the most exposing things I've done with my career because quite clearly um I know you're really fascinated by crime and true crime. Yeah. But I have to fill theatres yeah. and say nobody comes. I'm I'm going to be completely um, bereft when I discover that they're oh we're taking away that date because nobody's coming and we're taking away that date because nobody's coming. Yeah. Then I'll just feel as if I've been completely stupid for embarking on this. No, no, no. I, you know, I think it's, we know that it's it's an area for good or for bad that people have a huge kind of fascination with. So, and, and will it be a tour in terms of you take questions from the audience or how, what will be the format of how this? How does it work? Yeah, I'm going to start start by showing three small videos of me actually speaking with murderers. Wow, okay. And uh, then I'll use that as a framing device to talk about what do these interviews tell us? Because one of the people that I'll be talking about is someone that I know you're fascinated by, which is Dennis Nielsen. And I had a kind of lifelong uh, connection to Nielsen, he would write to me. And so I had, um, you know, A4 files of Dennis Nielsen's correspondence, which I've just got rid of, thankfully, um, because they kind of polluted my study at home. Yeah, I bet. And I was desperate to get rid of them. Yeah, and and in terms, you just mentioned just before we got going there that you're still involved with actively training the police. In terms of your day-to-day job, what what is your involvement in this kind of field? So my day-to-day job would be Professor, I'm emeritus professor of criminology so my my real day job is working with students you know criminology is a growth course am i right in saying that you were a prison governor i was a prison governor so, so to criminologists is quite a trajectory what what, what, what was the change is that, is that as much of a, ch- a turnaround as, as we would think it is on the surface well i think the first change was i i was probably going to become an academic right. i was doing my doctorate at cambridge but i played rugby and on one particular match, I was a winger, 
I was fast. Mm -hmm. uh, but if the forwards caught you, they would always try and duff up the winger. Right. And um, and one particular match, um, I got duffed up. And when we both, the person duffing me up, when I got up off the ground, I punched him in the face and broke his nose. Oh, wow. And, of course, we shook hands afterwards and had a pint in the bar. But it just so happened the Cambridge Evening News that week reported on a young man who used no more violence than I had used and got sent to Borstal. And I wanted to know why my violence as a nice middle-class boy yeah. led to a drink at the bar with the person whose nose I'd broken and his violence, which was no worse than the violence that I had used, had inexorably led to prison. And so that's what changed my career because wow. I would have become an academic. Does it affect you, this dark subject matter? Does it give you sleepless nights at all? So you've got to be really careful about co being able to compartmentalise. It's one of the, the big things that I talk to students about. You know, um, you've got to be able to switch off yep. you've got to be able to be psychologically robust you know i've been married for 33 years yeah you know i have a good family background i have nice kids my wife is very supportive i can switch off because i don't want to bring the world that i'm sometimes exposed to back into my domestic life and so one of the most kind of iconic scenes that you would see in say something on netflix or in in, in films and so on is the is the detective or the the criminologist waiting there to ha have the criminal brought into the room for the interview the the one to one interview you. Which bad people have you have you sat down and spent one-to-one -one time with? And have any of them kind of properly intimidated you, or how has that been? I've been properly intimidated on a number of occasions. Um, I don't try to pretend I, I, I'm some kind of uh, Royal Marine or something. I have genuinely been frightened yeah. um, by some of the men that I've sat next to. Um, the interesting thing is none of them were murderers. Okay, uh, Both were aggravated burglars. In other words, they had used violence in the commission of uh, the burglary they had committed. I also take very good care of setting up the room before I would go into a room um, or the prisoner would come into the room where I would be conducting an interview. How have you been setting up then? Well, you would construct a room with some con uh, consideration about okay. the fact that violence might be used against you. So, for example, I would sit closest to the door. Um, so, for example, I would sit on a slightly raised chair, whereas the person I was interviewing would be sitting on a much lower chair, so it would take him longer to get up oh and, and come towards me. I wouldn't wear jewellery, for example, so that that could be used as a weapon. Wow. I mean, any of these people, that, are any of these guys ever remorseful of what they've done? No. no none of them are remorseful, ever? <laughs> no, no. I love all these things. Oh, that's a media... They, they never feel bad about it. They're never remorseful at all. Uh, I mean, we are dealing usually here with psychopathy. And so the, one of the defining features of psychopathy is an inability to walk in another person's shoes, a lack of empathy. Yep. So they might know the words to use, but they have no connection to the feeling that that word is describing. Just to go back to the tour, My Life with Murderers, one thing that I found really interesting is, is the statement, you want to persuade the audience that an interest in true crime is not just normal, but also necessary. Uh, and, and there's been a, you know, a huge interest from the public about um, true crime. And it's kind of transformed recently, maybe through, uh, you know, hits like Serial about uh, Adnan Saeed and the Netflix hits like Making a Murderer or Don't Mess With Cats, to use a different word for the phrase. But 
Um, and, and you've seen the public take a bit more of a proactive interest in trying to solve things through internet web sleuths and so on. Do you feel like the, the public interest in the want to get things solved has overstepped the mark a little bit now? No, no I don't. And I, I, I feel there's, at the moment, the zeitgeist is to be a bit sniffy about true crime, about the public's interest in true crime. Yeah. I think there's been a sniffiness about armchair detectives. You know, the police have always relied on the public yeah. to come forward with information. It just so happens that we now have this thing called social media yeah. that we have to deal with, and the police have to deal with that. Uh, I'll end with a question that you said at the beginning, a question that you thought I'd probably ask you, which I thought was very <laughs> enigmatic. Uh, I was going to ask you for definite whether people are born evil. Do you think people are born evil? No. I've met evil and I think that it's always a combination of nature and nurture. So I do believe we're biological beings. I do believe we're hearts and minds. But the kind of genetic inheritance that creates those heart and minds can be sculpted, changed, altered, benefited or indeed aggravated by how we are nurtured. Yeah. And so it's always going to be this messy combination of the two that impacts on that particular individual to create that individual for good or for ill. Amazing. Well, listen, uh, Professor David Wilson, thank you so much. My Life with Murderers, I'm definitely going to come and see you. So you can come and see me from Salford on the 8th of April all the way through to Glasgow on uh, Cardiff on the 9th of May. So I'll be in various places in between, but uh, fingers crossed people are as fascinated by this subject as you are. Oh, they, they will be, I promise you. So check it out. Uh, Professor David Wilson, My Life with Murderers, go and see it and I will see you there. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for asking me. The Daily Takeaway. Russian Richie's Daily Takeaway.